This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Yep, it's us. We're back for more here on a Tuesday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. It's the opening kickoff. We're in the studios of WNSP, and uh, you know how it works, 694-1055. And, of course, you can get us in the app at WNSP.com. Good morning, Mr. Shervin. Hey, Mark. It's great to see you this morning. Nick, welcome back. It's, like I said, uh, we're all in the right place at the right time. Uh, oh, we will talk I see what uh, you about, did there. Yeah, you saw what I did there? We'll get some Alabama and Auburn. I got a lot to talk about uh, because they, Hugh Freeze and Nick Saban both had press conferences yesterday. We got a pro day at Auburn with a very famous quarterback showing up to throw. But I do have some uh, national news. First of all, uh, for the first time in 25 years, the women's national tournament will be minus two number one seeds. Oh, didn't we just see that with the men? Yeah. Uh, yesterday, Indiana was knocked off by Miami. So when they go to the Sweet 16 this week, Mark, they'll be minus Indiana and Stanford. And there'll be, let's see, four. They got four SEC schools in. The men only got three. The uh, the women got four, including the overall number one seed, South Carolina. Would there be something if South Carolina wins it all and Alabama wins it all? And then uh, you've got uh, Ole Miss. They pulled off the upset on Stanford. you got LSU and you got Tennessee. The other national story, and that leads to tonight, uh, it's got my interest. I doubt you'll be watching it, but the uh, World Baseball Classic Championship game between the U.S. and Japan. Japan was trailing Mexico last night in the bottom of the ninth, and then a walk-off two-run double, and Japan wins. So tonight it's the USA versus Japan. All right, uh, Nick Saban held his first press conference yesterday. He addressed a number of issues, uh, some of which we'll hopefully hear with audio, namely the quarterback position. He mentioned that Dallas Turner and Mobile Christian alum Deontay Lawson will be out. But I was more interested to see what he was going to say about Tony Mitchell. Last week, Tony Mitchell was arrested on a, um, a drug possession charge and there was a passenger in the car who also, uh, I think, was hit with a concealed weapon charge. So yesterday, uh, Nick Saban addressed that issue and said that Tony Mitchell, defensive back out of Thompson High, a uh, true freshman, is suspended indefinitely. He used the term, I don't buy into wrong place at the wrong time. Now, didn't we hear that from a, in a different vein from another coach at Alabama just a couple of months ago? Yeah, so Nate Oates took a lot of heat for using uh, that term when talking about the Brandon Brandon Miller's involvement in the uh, in the case with uh, Darius Miles and Michael Davis. So it was coincidental, if you believe the media relations folks that came out after the press conference and said there was absolutely no connection between Nick Saban's comment and what Nate Oates said take that for what it's worth i'm not i don't you, know you're I'm, not buying no, it no i don't think so i find that interesting in just a little more than two month lapse involving athletes on their teams and i don't know i can't imagine nick would do that to slight uh, nate Oates, but he did come out and say i don't there's no such thing 
No such thing. Wrong place, wrong time. The other thing that intrigued me, now, if you read the AL.com report, Mike Rodak detailed the police report, and this is where I had a hard time dealing with this, driving at 141 miles an hour? Yeah, well, there's all sorts of nuggets in that post. Wow. Uh, the numbers are just outrageous. And did you did you read into it that he actually, Mitchell, allegedly, reportedly, actually eluded police and they got him a little later on, or did I misread that? That he actually got away. They 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 gave up the chase at 141 or whatever it was, yeah. and that eventually he they they found him again. Yeah. And again, I don't know all the details on this, but it's crazy. 141. Yeah, 141 miles an hour. You even they go found that high on the speedometer in your car. Uh, <laughs> I, think... I don't think mine does. I don't know. I don't think uh, does. But. There was like seven grand worth of cash in the car. There was marijuana, uh, marijuana and scales and a revolver, and it it was it was um, there was all sorts of details that were released. But is it possible? Is it possible that Nick Saban made that comment about wrong place, wrong time, because he heard it? From Nate Oates, but didn't necessarily mean it as a slight at Nate Oates. Could it be that he just disagreed with Could be. that assessment? Yeah. Here's the thing. I think Tony Mitchell is very lucky to be alive. You're driving at 141 miles per hour, give or take. That's what the police report says. And I don't know what street, highway they were on. I don't know anything about, uh, I guess they were down in Quincy, Florida, maybe. And he's just lucky they didn't crash. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, you're going at that rate. And apparently, if you read the police report, he wasn't exactly what we call totally coherent. Right. And you're lucky you're, you didn't have an accident and, and get killed or, and with the passenger in the car, too. I, I, that's, that's the part I have a hard time. I find it interesting with the, the, the wording of it because the first thing I thought when I saw it, oh, yeah, didn't Nate Oates say this but in a different vein regarding his players on the night of January 15th, down at the uh, shooting death of uh, Jemiah Harris. So isn't it kind of strange that he would come out, though, and use that terminology? In re and, and again, I you know, I don't—who knows? You'll never probably get an answer from Nick. Is, was, he, was he trying to disagree with his basketball coach up there? Was he, did he do it on purpose? I think I think that term I think that saying was probably subconsciously in in his head because of the Nate Oates stuff because people say well you know Nick Saban he lives in a bubble he was he doesn't know what's going on with the basketball team how do you not know so I think I think that phrase was in his head I don't believe he 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 went up there and said you know what Nate Oates is full of it I'm 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 gonna go out here and take a very Passive aggressive shot at NATO. I just don't think how that worked. I just think that phrase was kind of fresh in his mind because of the NATO stuff. And I think he truly believes there is no such thing as wrong place at wrong time. He went on to say, you know, everybody has decisions to make. You can make the right decision. You can make the wrong decision. And making the wrong decision has consequences. And and here we are. Uh, but I don't. I don't think he. I I think the basketball situation had that kept that phrase in his whatever part of the brain keeps that phrase, but I don't think he went after NATO. You know what, uh, Mark, it's, it's, I guess it's, it's a good thing we have Travis Ryer on today uh, coming up at seven. Maybe he could 
give us his take. He's a lot closer to the scene, and I'm assuming he was at the press conference yesterday. This followed their first spring practice, and again, that's the, the thing that caught my attention, as it did with other media members. Wrong place, wrong time, no such thing. Yeah. Uh, you guys can jump in on that at 694-1055. Also, uh, Titan the app said lead knows good and well his Prius not getting up to 70, nevertheless 141. All right. Look, there's a lot of wrong information <laughs> on the apps and on the Internet, okay? For the record, for the record, and you know what? Maybe I'm not going to say anything. The other day I came here, and there were two police cars right across the street, so maybe I just better be careful. Uh-oh. I... I, I I, I I will disagree with you on that. My car does go faster than 70. And I'll say this also. Coming off a red light, very few cars have ever beat me off. Wow. When it turns green, I've left cars Pause. standing by the wayside. And a you good live, example was today. You live your life a quarter mile at a time. A car has a lot of get up and go. And it does. it goes a lot faster than... But I'm not not I'm not here to say that. I don't want to hear any banging on the doors outside. Got to be careful when you come. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can be charged for speeding just by talking about speeding. Well, you never know. You, maybe they'll put it. You know, maybe they'll start like trying to uh, look after me on the the way. I'll tell you what, though. You know, I had an incident yesterday. Okay, and, and you're very familiar. What's the um, Hillcrest and Cottage Hill? The light. All right. So the bane of my existence. Yeah. Yes. All right. So I'm stopped at the red light and there's a vehicle next to me and I'm waiting for the light to turn. And I'm in the process of eating my banana that I usually eat on my way in. Right. So <laughs> the light turns green and it's just my luck that I hesitated because I still had the banana. You're eating the banana, of yeah, course. Right, banana comes first. Right. As I did that, a truck came speeding through the red light. And had I not hesitated, who knows if I'd even be here today. So the banana saved your life. That and the fact that the car next to me also hesitated. You know, sometimes when you're alone, you just, you know, we get up and go. But I hesitated with the car next to me, and, and it's a lucky thing that we did because this truck just came crashing through that red light. And, you know, ours was totally green. This wasn't like yellow or anything like that. This was totally green. And I I, I look at the banana as a savior. That's when you got to pull one of those uh, Mario Kart moves out. Take that peel, throw it out the window, spin them off the rest yeah. of the road. That'll show them. So You're this was what, today or no, yesterday? That was yesterday. Yeah, I was thanking my lucky stars. I'm yeah, not kidding. That you didn't, been a bad You didn't situation. look shaken yesterday. You looked No, it was too cold <laughs> to get shaken. That it was uh I don't function well in cold weather like this. It's like four was it thirty six degrees yesterday? Do you go out do you cover your plants? No. I don't either, but a lot of the neighbors do. How no, do you Mark's go too from busy covering sports? That's right. That's what we do. So how do you go? This is what this is why I'm curious. How does your mind work that you go from from no explanation. Nick Saban to near death experience saved by a banana, banana to do you do you cover your plants? Yeah, I I have no explanation, and I can't be pinned <laughs> down on stuff like that. Okay, all right. But anyway, you people with the app who know so much about my Prius, keep feeding me material. 
All right. All right. So Cam it. Newton to today is back in the news, Mark. I I don't know if we're surprised at this, but it's certainly uh, worth noting that he's going to be at uh, Pro Day today at Auburn throwing because he says, here's another quote. There aren't 32 quarterbacks better in the league than I am. Of course, he didn't play last year. I think he was on the Panthers. No, I don't even know if he's on the roster last year, but he didn't play. So he's going to throw today at their pro day this morning. Yeah. I feel like there needs to be a, I don't want to say an age limit, but you have to be so many years removed. You, you can only be so many years removed from college ball to participate in pro day. You know, I just, there's just something. I, I don't want to put an age on it because these guys are so old coming out like, you know, Stetson Bennett can go to his own pro day, I guess. Well, Mark, let's face it. At least it adds some suspense to pro day today because what other quarterback do they have throwing today? Couldn't couldn't Cam Newton do his own, like, well, I guess he's afraid nobody's going to show up. That, but, that's but, a good point. These right. guys can have their own, like, workouts, right? He probably yes. wants to be compared to the Auburn quarterbacks to make himself look better. Or it could backfire, <laughs> and they're like, and be like, damn, Cam. Well, Cam's 33. He's going back to college. Yeah, His but video is extra corny. I don't know if there's any other Auburn quarterbacks up there because none of them have reached that status. I mean, they've either transferred or they're still in the program. Now, no one to walk away. Cam yeah. Newton has had a lot more second chances on different teams. Uh, his career could have ended right after he left Carolina. Hey, you better bite your tongue. He may wind up with the Falcons. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your day, but it's possible. They're looking. I'll somehow convince my mind to be happy about that if it does happen. Yeah, you'll talk about how it's the greatest <laughs> so acquisition in the history of NFL. When it comes to mental gymnastics, I'm like Suni Lee. Uh, she has not been competing lately. Both Auburn and Alabama talk about jumping around. They're both going to the NCAA regionals, but Suni hasn't participated in the last two meets. But speaking of quarterbacks, when I was talking to Eric Edholm of NFL.com yesterday, I said, how long is this Aaron Rodgers thing going to string out? And, and now there's reports out there it could go right into the uh, NFL draft. And I'm curious, and I'm, I'm glad we have him on today, what happens if they don't reach an agreement? Uh... What happens if they would have, you know, Green Bay, Green Bay supposedly wants a couple of first rounders. There's another report that they don't. But right now they're at a standstill. Well, he's still under contract, right? Yes. Well, then he's stuck in Green Bay, I would assume. Yeah, but it would, to me, it'd be hard for him to come back there now after all that's gone down. I I think something will get worked out. I mean, but now you're looking at the uh, NFL draft, which is late April, and the reports are that that's the deadline to get this thing done. Hmm. Okay, so we're going to talk to him. We're not Aaron, Eric. We're going to talk to Eric at uh, at eight o'clock. Couldn't get Aaron. He didn't return my call. Yeah. I get a great highlight he puts on, and I can't understand it. Well, I was actually, at the beginning of that, I'm not sure, is anything actually being said? Or are they just cheering? No, that's the Japanese TV broadcast. I am I understand that, but I'm saying, are there words actually being formulated there? Play yeah, that again. Japanese ones. Are they? Okay, because it just sounded like they're, ah! Yeah. You couldn't, 
You couldn't play the USA version? The USA version was kind of boring. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair enough. So I thought this one was more spirited. You want to interpret what they said? Country. Can you interpret what they said? I took Chinese, not Japanese. Murakami <laughs> with a walk-off two-run double. Is that what that was? Yeah. Oh, could, that. You, you ran that through Google Translation real quick? Yeah. So you're a commie. You're a commie. <laughs> a two-run Just double. Ninth <laughs> inning. Japan wins. So tonight, when the U.S. takes on Japan for this World Baseball Classic, there is hope out there that maybe Otani has said that he'll pitch in relief if needed. So there's a, a wish list that it'd be great to see him pitch late in the game to Mike Trout, their teammates, of course, with the Angels. Hmm. You get you gonna be pumped for this one. You gonna be as excited as that clip? No. It seems like a lot of people want this to be over more than anything. Yes. But you said you were interested in it in the first I segment. I'm interested in it to, to a degree, but I'm not gonna stay with it for nine innings. <laughs> if it worked to you, how long would baseball you know games be? Funny? Yeah, make them five innings. You know what the thing is? You and even you said this. You get really into USA, USA. But I don't know. There's just something about the World Baseball Classic that maybe it's because it's being played during exhibition baseball. Maybe maybe if it was played at the end of the year, okay? Maybe if it was played during instead of the All Star Game, the All Star Break. I don't know. I don't have a I don't have a decision on this. I, it's hard to really get into this um, for me. I mean, I have not watched maybe an inning or two of any game. I will say this: the crowds are. Electric, the, the the fan base is terrific. They sell out, you know, especially when the Latin American countries, Mark, you know this, they really get into it with the music and everything and the waving of the banners. Uh, I, I don't doubt that last night, I think last night's game, Mexico and Japan was a sellout. They were playing in like, Miami. I know when Cuba plays, there's a huge Cuban population. So from the standpoint of drawing fans, they're doing, you know, it's a great thing. People really get into it. The ball players seem to enjoy it too. Everyone quoted as saying, you know, how patriotic it is. But as far as, I guess with the major league season starting March 30th, that's mainly what I'm looking forward to, but I'll watch an inning or two and then maybe look for something else. Hmm. Okay. I will not be watching, but Listening to those guys that we just was certainly a lot more entertaining. I, I would be more I would be more willing to listen or or can watch you, the game. Can you Japanese stream that with subtitles? Can you stream that the Japanese? Uh, I'm sure you tonight? can somewhere. I'm sure there's some streaming like service, a VPN or something. Yeah, you're, but you're definitely going to need sub subtitles. But I wonder if the, I wonder if those guys were that excited the whole game. That that seems it'd like a tall be order. Like playing baseball and doing your little Duolingo. Um, yeah. practices every day. You're learning something. You're watching something. It's that like, might be the way to do it, honestly. Yeah, the Rosetta Stone needs to get in on this right? or something. Do a little little sponsoring. Just saying, you can learn. Lee, Lee comes in on Monday speaking completely fluent Japanese. That'd be awesome. Too bad I can't reach Antonio Lang, and I have tried for about a year because he knows Japanese having coached over there. Had I been able to get him, maybe we could have, have him oh. interpret that. You've been trying for a year? Oh, at least. Hmm. Maybe we should take the hint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been getting back to me. I'm sure he just got a new phone or something. Yeah, it's, I'm he sure He doesn't have your number uh, programmed maybe in. Maybe on one of those like Japanese cell service I'm coming across something. a spam or something. Yeah, potential spam. That's how you come. That's what I've called you in my phone. When, when, when you call it, says, I just put in potential spam. Do not answer. Well, it's a good thing that you do because I've made so many mistakes with my iPhone that I'm inadvertently 
thinking that I'm sending messages actually dialing out. So it's a good thing you did that. I think uh, I think Nick and I are probably in tune to that. Well, that means that you're on the contact list. That's a good thing. Yeah, I changed Lee's uh, number and my name in my phone to blocked. Blocked. Nice. All right, when we come back, uh, Darnell Archie set to join us here on WNSP. Continue your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. Tuesday morning. Thanks for hanging with us. It's the opening kickoff. We get to play that twice this week, Mark, with uh, Richie Riley tomorrow and the original Hoosier, um, Darnell Archie uh, from Indiana, the coach at the University of Mobile. Good morning, Darnell. How are you today? Good morning, fellas. How are we doing? We're doing, doing well. We're doing wonderful this morning. I would ask you, first of all, an overview. So the Sweet 16, no Kentucky, no Duke. No Kansas, no Purdue. Is is it? Have have you lost interest in this because of the so-called blue bloods? Although I, 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 I would, I would ask you: Is Michigan State a blue blood? I think they're really close. Uh, I think it kind of goes by what's your definition of a blue blood, um, and that varies from person to person. But uh, I, I think they're really close. You know, sometimes. I know Indiana, I'm from Indiana, but IU has not been to a Final Four in over 20 years, but they do have five championships. I still I still consider them a blue blood um, by definition. But, yes, it's um, you know, eight of my 16 teams are in, still in the Sweet 16 that I chose, but I knew the bracket would be this way. Um, it just, it's just gotten, as they say, it's madness now. And it's just kind of going to be like this for the next couple of years. Now, you'd have to put UCLA in there, wouldn't you? I mean, who has more championships Absolutely. than they do, yes. right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. They're one of the founding fathers of being a blue blood, I would say. Yes. So, that's right. John Wooden is from the state of Indiana. So, explain as a coach how Zach Eady gets no shots or one shot in the last nine right. or ten minutes of a game at 7-4 against the smallest team in the in the hunt? It was difficult to watch. As you know, my connection with some of the guys on the Purdue staff and one of the Purdue players being from my hometown, but Bailey Dickinson did a great job of, in the sense of sandwiching Zach Eady. You know, they, had, they tried to front him and back him. Um, I think, as you could see it, everybody probably talked about this, that pressure – uh, when I got under eight minutes, and some of those guys that normally make shots for Purdue did not want to shoot the basketball. You know, they were one for six and two and one for seven. But you still got to try. They still were trying to run sets for him. But the way they were backed off the guards, you still got to throw it up there to him, absolutely. Uh, but it was it was hard to get him the basketball. 
which kind of reminds me of my team at the University of Mobile. We had some guards that they didn't really respect, and we had a big play that was really good. And it's like, just throw him the ball. Well, it's hard when you're not when they're backed off of you at 10 feet. It's hard to throw him the basketball. So great game plan by Fairleigh Dickinson. All right, Darnell. So uh, one of the issues I've always had with with sports, especially college sports, we get to the college football playoff. I want to see the big boys play, right? What separates basketball and football, obviously, is I love the the upsets and the the seeds, the lower seeds making a run. With that said, at the end of the day, when we get to the Final Four, I still kind of want to see Blue Bloods there. You you played. How how do you feel about that? Do you want to see? Do you want to see, for lack of a better term, the little guy or the mid major playing for a national championship? Obviously, I have to say I'm okay with it. Because yeah. Been there <laughs> <before>. <laughs> um, but I do remember in 2011, our, the second time we went to the Final Four, it was in Houston. It was Butler versus VCU and Kentucky versus UConn. It, it was nice to have two mid-majors, but I could tell from the outside perspective, no one wanted to watch Butler versus VCU in a semifinal, national semifinal game. You know, um, and I'd be the same way as a fan. So I definitely understand that point and that argument. It's good to see them win early, and then it's time for the little guy to go home. Uh, I think it's okay to have one in there, but it's when several crash the party, it does kind of dilute the sense of what we came to see in the end. Darnell Archie is the head coach at the University of Mobile and has also been a participant in NCAA. Hey, when you were uh, in that, fam- that game against Louisville, was Patino coaching? He was. Yep, he was the coach at Louisville at that time. I see he's moved on to St. John's. I'm happy for him. Are you really? Are you glad he's back? Well, they say a Power Five. I guess the Big East is considered a Power Five in basketball. Absolutely a Power Five. You could probably argue it's one of the top three conferences in basketball this year alone. You know, I mean, how many teams are in the Sweet 16 forms? Xavier, Creighton, um, UConn. UConn, so yeah. Three of the Sweet 16 and Marquette. You know, would have, could have, should have. So they're absolutely, if not at times, the best basketball conference behind some of these bigger ones. I was talking to uh, some Alabama fans yesterday, and one of them said, now the Alabama bracket looks like the Cinderella bracket, basically saying they got a cakewalk, what with the opponent coming up this week, San Diego State, and the winner, Creighton Princeton, mm-hmm. and because all the top seeds behind Alabama have been eliminated. Do you buy into that? Not really. No, I do think they have a, a nice way to go. Um, you know, San Diego State, everybody's going to talk about their defense, but Alabama guards as well. And Alabama has some premier players, so I think it will be a, a defensive struggle. Um, but the thing about Creighton that we have to remember, Creighton was a top 10, top 15 team. Some people picked them early on to go to the Final Four. Now they had a guy named Kalkbrenner got hurt early in the year, so they lost seven or eight games. But um, Creighton is a going to be a formidable opponent if they get by the Princeton Tigers. But um, you know, Creighton can shoot it long. Um, that will be a great Elite Eight game if that happens. The team of the 16 teams, which team is playing the best in your opinion right now? You know, going off of Saturday and Sunday, I didn't get to see a lot of the game, but Tennessee looked pretty good. Um, you know, obviously Alabama is an easy pick to say. Um, you know, really 
I think UCLA, I liked them, but obviously the injury bug kind of hit, hit, hit up with them. But those, those teams come to mind for sure. Best matchup this week uh, in the Sweet 16. I'll give you mine. I think Arkansas-UConn is a terrific matchup. Sure, it happened last year, a couple years ago, but I think UConn got upset by maybe New Mexico State. Look, that West is really good to see. You know, Arkansas-UConn and then Gonzaga-UCLA uh, will have a lot of eyes out West. Um, that, that bracket will be fun to watch. And, you know, the East, it's funny to say, Florida Atlantic, Tennessee, Michigan State and Kansas State, one of those teams is going to the Final Four, uh, which is, is kind of scary because no one would have guessed that probably early on besides maybe Tennessee. So Princeton, a number 15 seed. Now you mentioned Creighton, and there is six. Does Princeton get by Creighton? I don't think they do. Uh, didn't get to watch the Princeton-Missouri game, but Princeton-Arizona, they really backed off. And it was a lot like the Purdue game where the guards for Arizona just weren't ready to shoot the basketball. I think Creighton can score at a higher level and have quick guards. One thing we see the winning recipe is quick guards, uh, ability to defend, and ability to shoot the basketball, uh, which is a no-brainer. But I think Creighton has that capability to knock off the Tigers at Preston. Darnell, the Big Ten had eight teams go to the NCAA tournament. The only team left standing is a team that probably many people didn't think would be there, a seven-seed Michigan State. Why is the Big Ten, year after year, they don't do that well in the NCAA tournament after all the publicity they get? I used to be a Big Ten homer, but you know now going on two, three, four years in a row, it's like, stop giving them so many teams. I don't have a, you know exact answer why. Um, you know, the style of basketball and the matchups probably play into it a lot. But you know, some of these teams that I watch, the athleticism of teams hurt the Big Ten teams um, and just knock them off. But it's, it's time to start giving some of these other conferences more respect than they deserve. Is that because the Big Ten's not as good as it used to be? Or is it because maybe there's uh, an argument to, made, to be made that there's maybe more parity in college basketball nationwide? Probably has a lot to do with the parity because when you sit there during the during the season, which I watch a little bit, but not as much as I should, um, to answer this question. But they have. I saw Purdue early on. You you've seen some of these other teams. They look really good, but then come March, they get bounced for whatever reason. But yeah, the parity, the COVID extra year. You know, even looking like fairly Dickinson. I know Purdue has some. They don't necessarily had a lot of fifth year guys, but. Some of those guys that went for COVID would not have been on that team. Um, so having a fifth year, that extra year, is helping these teams. Could you have beaten Fairleigh Dickinson with your team? At the University of Mobile? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. No, no. No, those guys are good. No, those guys are good. Um, I think we might have matched up a little bit differently in the sense of Purdue um, or athletic, athletically, but – they had that little guy named Robin number two. Like, no one could keep him out of paint. Um, and, you know, the last four minutes of the Florida Atlantic game, they had a chance, had a couple turnovers here and there. And um, FAU got them. Coach, always a pleasure, sir. We appreciate you getting up early with us, as always. And we, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, guys. Mark and Lee, always love being on. You guys have a good one. That's uh, Mobile Coach Darnell Archie here on WNSP. Uh, 
Games start up again on Thursday. Alabama plays on Friday. We will carry the broadcast of the Alabama game here on WNSP. Plus, we will also carry NCAA basketball in and around Alabama starting at 6 o'clock on Thursday as we'll join that Michigan State-Kansas State game in progress. And then Friday, after the conclusion of the Alabama game, we'll pick up uh, further coverage. Okay, very good. All right, so let's do this. Let's take a break, come back, uh, wrap up hour number one. Travis Fryer will kick off hour number two, uh, which includes Jerry Palm, Eric at home at uh, 8 o'clock. We'll come back. We'll visit with David Green. Cam Newton, going back to college. Pro day. Nick Saban, by the way, an unfortunate use of words, not in the sense that uh, he was right or wrong. It just maybe too soon after the whole Nate Oates press conference. We'll explain all of it coming up. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station WNSP. Hey, this is AJ McCarron, and you're listening to WNSP. Number one, the opening kickoff, Mark and Lee, right here on the Sports Station WNSP. So if you got any legal issues or any uh, problems pending, uh, David Green of the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm is the guy to talk to, as we are going to do right now. David, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are y'all today? We are doing wonderful. The word guarantee has been thrown out a lot on this radio station in the last week or so. And anybody who has watched your TV commercials has heard you say, we have the green guarantee. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you this. You know, in the legal world, we can't guarantee an outcome, but we can guarantee certain things. And that that means that the quality of work, uh, that means that we're going to do some things that are going to level the playing field. Uh, they're just going to give you a fighting chance. You know, you've got these big insurance companies out there that know all the rules. You've got great lawyers on both sides that are very, very good. And so they're doing their job to try to to try to try win their case. And so what you're going to get with, with a firm like ours, and there, there are a lot of great firms in Mobile, so uh, we're not just the only one. And we're with, you know, one of the ones that style it a guarantee, but it's more of a promise that, you know, we've been doing this 25 years, and you know, we're going to make sure that you're going to get the best medical care, and we're going to give you the customer service that you want. We're going to get you the answers that you need and just make you feel at home uh, so that you can really, you know, deal with your injury of, of getting well. These, you know, we've got so many cases that we're involved in, very, very severe injuries, and you really don't need to be worrying about the, the, met, the, the, the side of the legal side of things. You know, the, the medical side of getting well is, is, is big enough. And it's such, such an uphill battle. So having someone to handle the legal side and all those worries is really a good thing. It really is. All right. I, I pick up on this because I watch a lot of law TV shows. So this being the year, uh, the season of upsets, obviously, in the NCAA tournament. Have you ever instructed a client said, you know, I'm going to be right up front with you. I, I'm not sure if we're going to win this case, but we're certainly going to try. And then you want you went out and won the case, like kind of a an upset in that regard. You know, I tell you, I, I think about some of the early years of trying those jury trials down there. Uh, you know, Will and I, and, and Britt and Stephen and some of the others. 
And, you know, you think about it, you, you think, gosh, I've got this thing in the bag. It looks great. You know, things are looking really, 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 really good for us. Or either way, looking bad for us, and you never know what a jury's going to do. So, uh, you know, yes, absolutely. You think, you think uh, a jury is picking up on one particular aspect that you think, because you've been living this thing for a number of years, uh, you know, knowing all the facts, knowing all the ins and outs, then you don't really realize what they're picking up on. So, you know, <laughs> even, my joke is you know, they may have liked that other guy's tie better than mine. But that's what sometimes you, you think that you know that it can be as simple as that, and it's not, of course. Oh. But the bottom line is they picked up on something in the case that you didn't think was important. And gosh, you know, we super, you know, we we just really dig into a case and get so deep into a case. And many times, if you just keep it simple, and I tell a lot of our young lawyers, just keep it simple. Tell the story, let the jury decide, and you'll be fine. So yesterday, I'm watching an episode of American Crime, and that came up. It's funny you brought that up about how the people who were going to court were told what to wear because that could influence a jury. Do you tell your attorneys or do you tell the people you're with or representing how to dress? Well, okay, you're, you're, you're stepping into an area that I, that I really, that's one of my secrets, I guess. Okay. Uh, I really, I'm, really, I'm really cautious and very careful about what I wear, the way I dress. And, and, and certainly, uh, I remember years ago uh, when we did a certain type of law, we did criminal defense for many years, and I've always tell I don't know why I did this. Uh, it just, just kind of what I wanted to do. Um, I always felt like if I had a defendant with a white shirt on, there was something about it. I, I don't know. I always wear a white shirt, and so that's that's what we always did. And so you'd see, you know, you'd see me down there with with the defendant, and then have a white shirt on. And so, but nowadays, uh, what I think is important is just you know being yourself. Do not try to be something you're not. Uh, be yourself. Uh, be who you are, and uh, you know, dress appropriately. Not, you know, dress. And a lot of these, you know, a lot of times folks want to um, dress in a way as if they're, you know, going to a party or something. This is not a party. I tell folks, you know, dress as if you're going to church. Uh, dress up, dress nicely, dress, dress respectfully, and uh, things will be fine. We are running a story this morning. Nick Saban suspended defensive back, a freshman, a true freshman, Tony Mitchell. And, and what I wanted to ask you, because you, you deal a lot in these uh, cases, car chases, things like that. And according to AL.com and according to the police investigative report, he was driving at 141 miles per hour. Have you ever come across a case like that where somebody was driving that fast? Gosh, I'll tell you, I'm sure we have over the years, but that is very unusual. Very, very unusual. And I'll tell you. Uh, that is super dangerous. I'm not sure of the facts. Uh, hopefully they'll come out and we can figure out what exactly uh, happened. But uh, not really sure how they, they knew that the individual was driving that fast. Uh, that may have been someone's opinion. I guess maybe someone got behind them and then uh, actually I think they pulled off the chase, if I understand. Uh, but uh, you know, very, very serious situation when you have car chases. Uh, really glad the, the police officers actually pulled off of it. And then we're able to call down the road and, and catch the catch the, the, the individual. But hopefully, uh, you know, maybe that's not all true. Uh, you always want to wait and listen to the facts how they come out in court. That's why we have courts, and uh, you know, you have rules of evidence and that type of thing. So, uh, but it's been a long time that I even recall a, a a speed of something of that nature. I know we've had some people speeding, you know, ninety or hundred, which is significant, but uh, don't remember one that high. David, how can people get in touch with you if they have any questions about uh, any issues that come up? Maybe maybe they need some fashion tips. You can help them there, too. 
<laughs> well, I have a lot of help in that regard. I don't make those decisions, but I have some folks that help me, my lovely wife and, and some others that help me pick out stuff. But uh, I think it's very, very simple to get in touch with us. You go to greenphillips.com. Um, you can call us at 251-300-2000. Uh, or you can come out you know, like 51 North Florida Street here in Mobile or the Forbes building um, in downtown Birmingham. But we would just encourage uh, anyone listening to talk to a local law firm. Uh, there are lots of law firms that are from out of town that don't even do business here, but they're advertising. Uh, I would just encourage you to talk to, to talk to everyone, but we really want you to talk to the local law firms. They really understand the lay of the land, and that can be very important for you. Um, when you have a case. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. You bet. Thank you, guys. God bless. So someone in the app, uh, Saban drops the mic. No such thing at being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Saban is calling out the obvious. Um, I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think it was uh, ill-timed and a coincidence. I don't think he was calling out Nate Oates. I do believe that Nick Saban believes what he said, that there's no such thing as wrong place at the wrong time. But you have to remember, this was also the guy a few years back that didn't even realize the day before was election day. Uh, I think Nick Saban is very much zoned in on what he's doing. Do I, th- do I believe that he heard Nate Oates in the backlash when he used that term? Absolutely. I, I, I believe that. I don't believe he's going after Nate Oates or somehow taking a swipe at the basketball program. That's, not just, that's just not his style. Aren't, were you a little surprised, though, that somebody didn't come at the press conference and we'll ask Travis this and respond to that and ask him to that question? Yeah, so uh, I, I am. I'm like, the follow-up question should have been, you know. Is that a reference I, to – a reference, not a swipe, but a reference to something that happened in Tuscaloosa earlier. Yeah, so um, I, I'm not sure you would have to – Phrase it in a way that is probably not real. Look, I can tell you one thing I do know. I don't know a lot of the machinery up there, how it works when he goes to the press conference, but I do know this, Mark, that he is basically Josh Maxson, who uh, does most of his PR, they go over stuff before he comes in. So there should never be anything that catches him by surprise because they do meet beforehand and they go over things that possibly could come up. So he is briefed on, well, just about anything you could ask for. Well, it, uh, I think most people, uh, reacted. I I think, I think it's, I think it's normal to react the way that everybody was reacting when they heard those words, because we are so much involved and we, we, we kind of wait for we're on the edge of our seat for every word that these guys say. I guarantee you, Nick Saban uh, wasn't thinking about the Alabama basketball program when he was when he was making that comment or Nate Oates. But I do believe that he believes that, though. I mean, he, he goes on to say that you you make choices. Those choices have consequences. You chose to put yourself in that situation. And look, if you read that police report and all the details of what happened, um, I mean, this is a little different. Tony Mitchell. I mean, there were seven grand cash in the car. He was doing 140. There was marijuana. There were scales in the car. I mean, it's... According to police, uh, eyes were red. There was a faint smell of marijuana. Not to mention the weapon. Oh, yeah. And then there was that between the uh, passenger seat and the console. 
case has a little different feel to it. We'll talk about it next. Travis Ryer set to join us. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 7.04, hour number two. Thanks for hanging with us on this Tuesday edition. We are uh, a busy day here on the sports station. Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian in the studios of WNSP. Quite a bit of news surrounding uh, the Alabama sports program. The gymnastics team gets an NCAA regional bid. They're going to Oklahoma. The basketball team getting ready for its uh, first game in the Sweet 16 on Friday against San Diego State. And the Alabama football program has its first day of spring practice, which uh, we have 14 leading up to the A-Day game. And yesterday after the game, Nick Saban had a press conference. And uh, at that press conference, I assume, was Travis Ryer from Bama Online. And, of course, the, uh, the what's getting the, the biggest play is his choice of words when referencing the suspension of Tony Mitchell, the freshman defensive back who was uh, stopped after a speeding and a chase and marijuana and a gun being found in the car. And his terminology, uh, Nick's words that were taken out of context and plastered all over the Internet, wrong place, wrong time. Let's welcome in Travis Ryer now from uh, BAM Online 24-7. Good morning, Travis. How are you today? Travis, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Travis, as I was telling Mark, never a dull moment up in Tuscaloosa, no matter what, every day there's something new. Uh, at that press conference, how did you interpret his words? In any, did you feel there was any reference at all to, uh, let's say, recent posts by uh, Nate Oates in another incident? Yeah, it, I, again, I, I think you said it earlier. I, I think, you know, it was obviously going to be taken as maybe an intended flight toward Nate or the the situation, the tragic situation uh, involving Jamia Harris, but um, it, it really wouldn't line up in, in relation to even Nick's, um, you know, appearances at, at basketball games uh, down the stretch of the 2022-2023 season. He's been very supportive of Nate um, during his time there, and I think in the aftermath, the indication we got was that you know, Nick unwittingly made that comment. It certainly raised eyebrows, as you might expect. But absolutely, as soon as you heard Nick um, choose those words, uh, you, you knew that what was going to be coming from a social media perspective and you know how folks would hastily get out there with the hot takes, because that's pretty much been what we've seen uh, to this point uh, with, with this, this situation involving Alabama basketball and um, you know, it's 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 secondarily to the events of, of January. It's um, you know what what Nick was talking about wasn't an apples to apples comparison because obviously with Brandon Miller, uh, we're talking about an individual to this point um, who has been you know labeled as a cooperating witness in that situation he hasn't been charged with anything so was there a follow-up question though did anybody come back and say hey look was that a reference to nate oats no i don't think so um so you know that that's when it that's when it became kind of a post 
media opportunity, um, you know, question of, of, you know, what was there any intent there? And again, the indication we got was that there wasn't. Travis Suarez, our guest here on WNSP. Now I'll say this because I, I don't, again, I'm with you, man. I, I don't think he had, this was not any subtle shot or any be, being passive aggressive at NATO to the basketball program. It's just not his MO. That's not what Saban is. I will say that he does believe that, though. There is no such thing as wrong place, wrong time. And what would be fascinating to me is if the script was reversed. If this, if this Brandon Miller case was somehow a football related case, would Nick Saban have handled it any differently than? than Nate Oates, and, and that might be above both of them in, in that case. But I'm wondering, with that, with the way that he thinks about that kind of stuff, how different would it have, have played out from a, from a playing yeah, standpoint? Yeah, if it was more apples to apples, Mark, I think it would be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the situation is. Again, Tony Mitchell was charged. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Miller wasn't. So, you know, everybody's got a stance on this. And a lot of folks who dug in, from the very second that it became public that Brandon was even uh, at the scene of the the, the incident, uh, you know that they've they've gone all in on Brandon Miller, and even in light of some recent uh, revelations, uh, some of those folks have remained dug in because they took such a hardline stance from the the opening moment of the the of the knowledge of Brandon's involvement. Um, that they're not going to go back on it. You know, it's kind of the world we live in these days. You, you come out hot, and then you stick with it. You know, kind of like it's not a lie if you stick with it. Um, I think there's folks out there that, you know, and some of them, uh, you know, they, they put their name on things. So I will say that for some. You know, they at least put their name on it. They're, you know, you kind of anticipate with social media, with anonymity, and all those things, the pot shots coming and folks sticking with it. But, you know, some of these folks actually put their name on some of this stuff, and, um, you know, they, they don't really allow things to, to play out or evolve, which obviously um, that that's still what we're, we're experiencing with, uh, with the situation of Jamia Harris. Uh, talking with Travis Ryer from Web Online 24-7. So is this suspension, I guess, it's just indefinite, uh, is that the way he posted it yesterday? Or yeah, said it? I mean, he said that they're still gathering information on the situation. I, I, I will say it's, it was interesting from a standpoint that Nick was public in, um, in, in the discipline for, for Tony Mitchell, whereas in the past he hasn't been perhaps as specific in a lot of these instances. So that, that was my takeaway as much as anything was that, you know, he, he came right out with the – uh, not involved with team activities or, you know, until there's more information gathered. So, um, you know, it, it, from that standpoint, it did lead me to wonder if maybe uh, UA has Im- implemented um, a policy with student athletes involved in uh, ongoing situations like that. But again, uh, my understanding is Mitchell was actually charged, whereas with Brandon Miller, that wasn't the case. What did you take away from Nick when he addressed the quarterback deal up there at Alabama? Because that obviously be the number one priority this spring. Yeah, you know, it was pretty, I don't know, he, he didn't go too deep on it. You know, he did what you expected him to do. He pretty much outlined the entire situation, um, you know, and talked about, you know, how he, he liked his guys. Uh, I thought it was interesting that he, 
said he liked what he really liked was the guys around the quarterback position. So uh, if that's truly the case, if that's the way it plays out, that'll be an upgrade certainly over 2022 when Alabama wasn't good enough around Bryce Young and maybe more so at the skill positions, uh, specifically wide receiver than the offensive line or running back. But, um, you know, it's still a high standard that one or more of these guys is going to have to live up to. I mean, when you think about the run Alabama has had at quarterback, uh, going back to Jalen and Tua and Mack and um, most recently Bryce, uh, and, and I understand that with Tommy Reese coming in, there's this narrative that you know, Alabama's just going to run the ball 60 times a game, maybe throw it 12. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to necessarily be the case. I mean, even if you want to go retro Bama and think about 2008 and Glenn Coffey and kind of that approach early on in the Saban era, I mean, you still had a guy like Julio Jones on the outside. And you had a quarterback that was capable of getting the football to him. And, you know, that's still going to be what Jalen Milrow and or Ty Simpson need to show uh, is that in an offense that is still going to be multiple, it's not going to be three tight ends on the field each and every down. Um, you're going to have some three wide receiver sets. You're still going to have some two tight ends. You're still going to spread the field and look for mismatches in space. Um, these guys are going to have to be able to execute the full extent of that playbook. And so uh, that means whichever one of these guys uh, can spread the football around to a supporting cast that, again, apparently Saban really likes going into the spring, and that's probably going to be your winner. NCAA basketball tournament, Alabama, the overall number one seed, will take on San Diego State. How much of a break, if any, do you feel Alabama caught with the number two seed, the number three seed, and the number four seed in that south bracket being defeated, and Alabama draws San Diego State with either Creighton or Princeton waiting in the wings? I guess there's a couple of ways to look at that. On paper, it looks like Alabama has had the door opened wide for it to make it on to Houston in the Final Four, but you know, there's a reason why those teams – uh, are still in Alabama's path. Uh, it's because they beat higher seeds. So who's to say they can't beat Alabama uh, while they're at it? But obviously, um, with Alabama and San Diego State, that, that one's pretty much to chalk. I mean, San Diego State won a 4-5 matchup. Not much difference there in those type of games. So, um, well, actually, San Diego State is a 5, is in that realm of 4-5. So not much of a surprise to see San Diego State there um you, you just you know it's it's another matchup that projects to be a grinder at least that's the way san diego state would like it to be when you talk about top five defenses in college basketball that's where the aztecs rank in terms of uh, ken palm defensive efficiency alabama is a top three in that regard so you know, it could be a game similar to what we saw with, with Alabama and Maryland uh, in the previous round. Maryland really got the kind of game it wanted, but you know, once again, Alabama showed that even on a night when the threes aren't going down in abundance, they're capable of playing defense and rebounding and winning the battle of the free throw line. So you know, it could be a similar matchup in Louisville. And, you know, you look at the other side of that bracket and, uh, again, if Alabama makes it to the eight, it's going to be a game on paper that, that folks are going to expect Alabama to win. So, 
Uh, in some ways, there might be more pressure because of that. Um, uh, these teams are obviously Princeton, uh, Creighton on the other side. They're they're full of confidence right now. So, you know, the last time Alabama, I think, was in this situation in Louisville, it didn't end so well in the round of 16. Now, I think that was, what, 35 years ago or so uh, when Billy Donovan and Delray Brooks and Providence and Rick Pitino still around. Um you know, did a number on Alabama up there. But, uh, again, yeah, I mean, when you look at it on paper, it, it looks good. Hey, man, always good uh, to talk to you, Travis. How can people follow your coverage of all things Alabama? Just go to BamaOnline.com or Alabama.247sports.com. Either way, it'll get you to us. Thanks, Travis. Have a good week. Thanks. That's uh, Travis Schreier, ladies and gentlemen. So um, you guys are up in arms about the Nick Saban and your – you know, we sit here and say everything he says is calculated. So how could this not be a shot at, at Nate Oates? I think both can be true. I think he can be calculating, but also not be taking a shot at Nate Oates. I think he truly believes that there's no such thing as wrong place, wrong time. Uh, I just don't think he's using, as I put in the app, I, as much fun as that narrative is, and as much fun as it is to go after Saban, I don't think he's taking... Uh, one of his players being arrested for going to buck 40, evading police, having marijuana, having 7K in cash, uh, and having a gun in the car. I don't think he's taking that opportunity to take a swipe at Nate Oates in the basketball program. I, I just I, I just don't think that's who he is. Um, I, I think with the start of spring, I think he's so zoned in on what he's doing and what, you know, in his own little world that I don't think he appreciates the coincidence uh, of using that phrase. Well, and you might be right on that, Mark, but again, he is briefed. Uh, it's not like he walks into these press conferences cold. He's certainly aware. As he's a micromanager. He's aware of everything that goes on. I'm not going to say he's aware of everything that goes on at every sport. He's not the athletic director, but he's certainly aware of what's going on with the basketball program. You'd have to live in a cave not to know what's going right, on. Right, but you think Josh Maximson, okay, when you go up there and talk about Tony Mitchell, don't say anything about uh, wrong place, wrong time, because Nate Oates said that a couple weeks ago and it didn't go over I'll give you another thing on this so I wonder after the press conference if his wife Terry said anything to him about it like why why would you reference that in lieu of you know Nate Oates and now it's not us it's internet sites are picking up on this and and using headlines and that Nick's referencing not only his own player but the basketball program it's easy to do that we can sit here and, and we don't know for a fact. Obviously, Mark, you have your thoughts on that. I'm not going to say he, he was trying to do that on purpose. It was just something that he believes in, and maybe there is a reference. Because I, I wouldn't say he did it on purpose unless I knew for a fact he did. You know, somebody came out and said, <laughs> and I was, I was wondering why there was no follow-up question to that. So you don't, you, you don't want to say whether you believe he was taking Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A All right, Lee, what do you have for the fine folks today? There has been only one college basketball coach who has taken two teams, two different teams, to the national championship. Uh, name that coach who has coached at one place and won a national title, then went to another 
and won a national title. If you know the answer, 694-1055. And uh, Jerry Palm's going to join us here in about uh, six or seven minutes. We'll talk some NCAA tournament, but we'll also talk to you in this segment at 694-1055. You guys are very passionate about what Nick Saban's intent was with his comments as they related to uh, his football player, Tony Mitchell, evading police. Uh, I just don't think he was going to take a, a situation this serious and 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 take some subtle or not so subtle shot at the basketball program. If anything, clearly you're not in a position to take shots at anybody if you're having to sit up there and discuss the legal ramifications of Tony Mitchell's actions. I just I just don't think he was taking a shot at Nate Oates. And why not just come out and say we're suspending Tony Mitchell for obviously the arrest uh, in Florida and just leave it at that. I mean, look, I, I wish I thought he did. Like, I wish I thought differently because it would make for, one, a lot better take, and two, a lot better show if that is indeed what he was doing. But I just don't think he was. Two years from now, if he had said this, we probably wouldn't pay any attention to it. But so close to what happened about uh, in, in back in January, you can't blame media for suggesting that maybe there was a very subtle reference to what happened. I, I find that hard to believe he would do it also. Maybe he would do it if Jimbo Fisher or a coach like that. I wouldn't think that he would right across campus, but why even use the terminology? Obviously, even if you believe it, which I'm sure he does, just come out and say, look, we're suspending Tony Mitchell for and just leave it at that. Yeah, I, and I, I agree about if it were a Jimbo or a Lane Kiffin, if the topic or subject matter weren't so serious, I have a hard time believing that anybody would be sitting up there announcing the suspension and the legal legal ramifications and then take that opportunity to, to take a jab at anybody. And, yeah. and that includes even the goofier guys yeah. out there like Kiffin. Like, I, I just don't think Kiffin would be up there talking about, I don't know, name, name an Ole Miss player who hypothetically got in, into a serious altercation with police and be like, uh, well, well, yeah, well, would, at least we're not Alabama. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make any like sense. He wouldn't come out there publicly and do it, but he'd certainly do it with his social messaging. Like, his, I've, I mean, I'm sure heard, he would. No, heard, no, that would be yeah. more public than his press well, conference. Well, I've, I've heard Lane Kiffin is so quiet his press conferences and hardly says anything, but he's certainly very dynamic when it comes to social messaging. Right, which is why he would never put anything like that on social media. If he had a guy arrested for what Tony Mitchell got arrested for, he would not be up there in the same day tweeting about how, you know, Nate Oates didn't do something right. Like, come on. As much as I love the ridiculousness that is the SEC. You know what, Mark? It's it's the choice of words. It's not like directly saying, hey, this is directed at Nate Oates. No, he's not doing that. But his terminology lends people to believe maybe the reference, very subtle as it could be, because like I said, the media really picked up on this, and and, and maybe Nick again just in his in his thought process uh, just overlooked all that, wasn't even thinking about that, and probably wasn't. But again, he doesn't go into these press conferences blind. He is briefed. I don't know if that subject came. Up. It had to. That subject had to come up about Tony Mitchell. Did we uh, we get a winner there, uh, Nick? Yes, David is our winner. You know, that's what it says right there in the message you sent me. Thank you, Rick Pitino. And here's the interesting about this, and I, I don't pay attention to asterisks, 
but the uh, 2013 Louisville championship was vacated because of all the stuff that came down on Louisville, but he still is the only coach to lead Kentucky and Louisville, two different programs. Rick Pitino at 11 a.m. Central Time will be introduced as the St. John's basketball coach. This is a coach who a couple years ago said, I'm never leaving Iona. Jerry Palm is next right here on the sports station, WNSP. Kickoff, Mark and Lee, right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Let's call in uh, CBS Proctologist uh, Jerry Palm to help us with the NCAA basketball tournament, which is down to 16 teams now. Two number one seeds still remaining, Alabama and Houston. Jerry, welcome to the show this morning. Good morning. Hey, how's it going? One of the questions we've raised, I've seen it also on Internet sites, without Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke, and of course North Carolina never got into it, does that kind of diminish the NCAA basketball tournament where it stands right now? Because you don't have the, although you do have UCLA still in there, and there's certainly a blue blood, but the fact that they don't have as many as before? Uh, I actually prefer it this way. Um, it's, uh, I don't need to see Kentucky and Kansas and Duke and all those teams. That, that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, so I'd be, I would rather see my own team, which uh, never seems to happen. But uh, um, it's, uh, no, it doesn't doesn't do anything good or bad for me that those teams aren't there. So when you're watching your own team, Purdue, I, I guess what the last nine, ten minutes I've lost sight of the time where they couldn't get any of the Edie the ball. Are you screaming at them? Can't you do no, something? Because I'm sitting courtside and they kind of frown on that. <laughs> so what are you think? Um, what are you thinking? Like how can you have a seven four guy not get a shot away? It's because, well, for one thing, they turn the ball over too much, and it's hard to pass in the ball when you're throwing it to the other team. Um, and uh, it's, it's, they, they were defending the passing lanes well, and they, they, front, they, did, they fronted and backed back, so they had double-teamed him and were basically daring Purdue to shoot threes, and they did at a horrible rate. And, you know, that's you know, a big reason why they lost. I mean, when you turn the ball over 16 times, and you shoot 19% from three, and 26% from the floor. The guy, other than Zach, shot 26% from or 28% from the floor. I mean, that's what are you gonna do? You're not gonna win. And yeah, they should have probably got. I mean, Purdue's offense they run a bunch of plays, but all of those plays involved playing through Zach, and they weren't. Sometimes they weren't able to do it, and sometimes they may not have tried hard enough. But it's really hard to pass him the ball when you, the other team has it and take it from you. But you would think he'd at least maybe get an offensive rebound or two with that size. Cause oh, he did. Yeah. I mean, and he scored that way sometimes. Um, but, you know, the, the funny thing about that is that they actually had only two fewer. I think it was offensive rebounding, Purdue at 11, and they had nine offensive rebounds. They were able to get to the glass on offense. So that's really, of all of the stats that are surprising, because Purdue goes through shooting slumps and they turn the ball over at times, but that's, I mean, usually why they lose is one or the other. This time it took both. But um, but the fact that they were able to get, you know, nine offensive rebounds and actually had more second-chance points than Purdue did, that's the most surprising thing on the stat sheet for me. 
Is that the biggest upset ever in the history of this tournament? Not, not even close. The, the, the UMBC was a much better team than this one. And, yeah, it's, it's not even close. Talking with Jerry Palm, uh, CBS Sports. All right. As uh, any other, say, results that have really surprised you as we get to the Sweet 16? Any other games that uh, you're just shaking your head like, how did that happen? Um, Princeton, I suppose, um, beating Arizona. But that's a little bit less surprising because if you looked at Arizona's season, it, Arizona's season, they had six losses this year, five of them to teams that were going nowhere. And, and one to UCLA. So Arizona was like, if they could just get through the first weekend where the teams that beat them live, then they could win the whole thing. But, I mean, even by that standard, Princeton was surprising. Um, and they're still playing. So uh, we'll see them this weekend in Louisville. Um, they're playing Creighton uh, in, the, in the other game. Uh, the Alabama game, obviously, um, is going to be a little more noteworthy. But, uh, but that, that should be fun as well. So here we go with uh, Alabama now as an overall number one seed. In that bracket, seeds two, three, and four are out. Has this really opened up the door for Alabama to march into the uh, final four? Actually, I think the door was open even if two, three, and four were there because, um, I, you know, they got a really nice bracket. They got um, the worst of the twos, the worst of the fours, and a three that was struggling entering the tournament. A good team, but, you know, not, not in good form entering the tournament. So I guess we can't be surprised, really, that they're not there. Um, but, uh, yet, yes, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty clear path for Alabama, but the original draw was a pretty clear path for Alabama. So you're up there in Big Ten country, and the Big Ten got eight teams in, and they only have one team remaining. They very much had the same thing, I believe, a year ago, where they didn't really get many teams into the, uh, you know, going deep into the tournament, and yet they get so much publicity as being one of the best basketball conferences. How do they seem to falter when it comes time to March? Okay, well, you have to understand that they had only two teams seated to make the second weekend. Right. So everybody else would have had to upset someone to get to the second weekend. So you can have a lot of teams in the tournament, but only 16 of them are seeded to get to this weekend. Um, and that said, there was a lot of upsets. This was a record year. 13 uh, first and second round games won by the lower seeded team in this year's tournament, which is a record. But, um, you know, so the Big Ten, you know, most of their teams were 7, 8, 9, 10 seeds. And then Purdue and Indiana, neither of which made it, but Michigan State did. And thank goodness, you know, as far as the league is concerned, that Tom Dizzo's still there because um, he's pretty reliable in March and literally no other team in this league is. Yeah, that's something I overlooked when I was doing the bracket, his success rate. And this is not – I don't think this – this is not considered one of his better teams, is it? No. I mean, they're a seven seed, so no. I mean, it's a good team. It's the seven is borderline top 25. Um, the number 25 team in the bracket is a seven, but – um, so, yeah, no, not one of his better teams. They're probably not going to the Final Four. They got a good draw because the two seed in this bracket was not a super athletic team. Marquette, very good team, great season, Big East, uh, regular season champion and tournament champion, um, probably overachieved a little bit uh, in a way that's kind of similar to Purdue. But um, they, uh, you know, Michigan State took advantage of a good draw, and, uh, and, and they played well. You know, I mean, this is they've, they've got talent. This is a team that was thought to be better than this before the season started. Uh, they had some injury problems throughout the year. They're healthy now. I don't know that they can go too much farther in this tournament, but uh, 
so far so good for them. Let me ask you this, because some of the Alabama fans have asked me, what can they expect against San Diego State? Jerry, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know hardly anything about San Diego State. You know, they talk about them being a good defensive team. What, what, do, you, what do you know about them? Can they, can they stay with Alabama? They can if they, if they ugly the game up, and that will be their strategy. I mean, they're going to try and make it ugly. They're going to try and grind. They're going to make Alabama uncomfortable as they can on the offensive end of the floor. They don't have anybody for Brandon Miller, but most teams don't. Um, but it's, uh, they are an excellent defensive team. They rebound very well. Um, you know, offensively, they're okay. Um, it's good enough, but not as electric as, as some of the teams that Alabama has seen this year. Uh, but, yeah, the San Diego State strategy is to ugly this game up. And if Alabama can't keep them from doing it, they could be in for a fight. But in the end, I'd be surprised if Alabama lost this game. So of the three teams standing in the way, perhaps, San Diego State, Creighton, and or Princeton, which of the three would be the most difficult game for Alabama, do you think? Creighton. Um, Creighton is a better team than its seed. And, again, because of losses they took during the season because of injuries. They were the preseason Big East favorite. And so far in this tournament anyway, and at times late in the season when they got healthy, they've looked like that kind of team. Um, So, yeah, Creighton is definitely better than a sixth seed. They're probably more a three-seed level team. Um, So I think, uh, and athletically, I mean, again, nobody can handle Brandon Miller, but athletically I think Creighton can compete a little better with Alabama than any of those other teams. So what are we looking at maybe down the road uh, as far as a championship game? What what do you got now? Uh, In that region or the No, the tournament, the final final championship game when they meet on Monday. What are you looking at? Uh, I still have my two teams that I picked originally, Alabama and Gonzaga. And Gonzaga, they got the record for most tournament wins and never winning a championship. Wouldn't that be something if Timmy? Do they? Do they? I thought that yeah. was Purdue. No, or did I think they pass Purdue. I think Gonzaga does. But I saw a graphic after Purdue lost that their total was first, but maybe Gonzaga's uh, win since then put them. Well, uh, when, to look that up. when ESPN went out and did their game day, they posted that, that they have the most. Now, that was a couple weeks ago. They had the most oh. tournament wins without winning a championship. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I know I know Purdue's number is 44, and that was the number I saw on the graphic over the weekend, but, yeah, Gonzaga could be right around there, too, I'm sure. I look at Gonzaga, UCLA as one of the premier matchups, and I look at UConn and Arkansas oh, this sure. week. Yeah, that, that should be fun. I mean, Arkansas getting there, um, I know that surprised some people. Um, Kansas was not in their best form at the end of the season, and Arkansas was kind of a wild card because – you know, they, they played 19 games without Nick Smith, and then he comes back, and they have to still figure out how to play with him again. Um, but they were always going to be dangerous just because, you know, he's there. And when you have a guy like that in this tournament, you know, it can really it can really be a, a difference maker. Um, so Arkansas and UConn should be – that should be a fun game. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah that region is – you know, you've got the two, three, and four, but it still feels pretty open. That, you know, that he could go almost any any of the four teams to win it. Jerry, great stuff, man. I always appreciate you hopping aboard, especially this time of year. We've, uh, it's been a blast. We look forward to doing it again next week. All right, thanks. It's Jerry Palm, ladies and gentlemen. Um,
All right, you guys are animated and a little saucy in the old app today over this uh, Nick Saban comment. Um, we can uh, take your calls when we come back here in our next segment. Uh, also, Cam Newton uh, is throwing at Auburn's Pro Day. As you guys flip the calendar, see what year it is. Yes, it's been a, it's been it's been a minute since uh, he's been an Auburn student, but that dude's throwing and can't believe. There are 32 guys better than him. Yeah, and 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 we won't know until I talk. We'll get somebody from Auburn who's covering that tomorrow. But I don't know. There's nobody on that Auburn roster that I, that I know of that's throwing, or they haven't mentioned it because none of the quarterbacks have graduated or are up for the NFL draft. So I'm curious who else is throwing up there. It's perfect. They don't have any guys throwing. Cam needs a job. Bring back Stan White. Who else? Yeah. Uh, ben which Laird? which ben college, Laird? which former college athlete would you like to see roll up to your university for pro day? Like Bo Jackson? Would you like to see Bo Jackson roll up or like Sean Alexander? Yeah. 744, we come back, we wrap up our number two next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, this is Dan Jennings with the Washington Nationals, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5. Tony Mitchell has been suspended from the team uh, on all team activities until we gather more information about the situation and what his legal circumstance is. And, um, you know, I mean, guys, everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing in being at the wrong place at the wrong time. You got to be responsible for who you're with, who you're around, and what you do, who you associate yourself with, and uh, the situations that you put yourself in. So um, it is what it is. But. 747. All right. 694-1055. Uh, hit us up. Was that a shot at Nate Oates in the basketball program? You guys in the app seem to be awfully split on this topic. Uh, you guys can give us a call and let us know. Changed my mind. I don't think it was. Um, I think you can make that comment and still not be going after Nate Oates. But changed my mind. That's what you're here for. Uh, quickly, want to tell you guys, um, if you're if you're getting uh, close to 65, if you're confused uh, about what you can and can't do with Medicare, Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors can help you out. He had a guy... Um, was 65 but still working and quite frankly he didn't know did he need medicare or did he not he still had health insurance they can compare the coverages and put you uh in a situation that is most beneficial to you uh that's what aiden marks does he doesn't sell you insurance he helps you navigate those obstacles to, to, to provide the best outcome for you. He's an independent guy, works with multiple carriers, and he's helped hundreds of individuals just like you. So if you're confused, if you're tired of nonstop solicitation calls, or maybe you just need a local agent, Aiden Marks can help you with all of it. He's local, he's knowledgeable, and he has a physical location. You can go see him at his office in Daphne on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet, or he can come see you. There's never a fee for a service. Give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. All right, a couple things. What do you think, Nick? We haven't gotten your take on this. It, I don't know if I would call it a shot, maybe a reference to what Nate Oates said, because the wording seems 
very, I guess, coincidental. Is that what you're going with? You're saying it has no relation? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the whole, that whole news cycle where Nate Oates was talking about wrong place, wrong time, I think that is somewhere in Saban's head, but I don't think he went up there saying, ooh, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say there's there's no such thing, and you know what? That'll show Nate Oates and that basketball program trying to steal my success thunder here in March Madness. This isn't about the NCAA tournament. This is about spring football. Sure. All right, then why? I mean, why, that's just not happening. Then why even make a reference to using terminology like that, knowing it's so close to what happened prior? Just come out and announce that uh, we suspended Tony Mitchell because and leave it at that. Why well, even make a statement like well, that? Well, I think he's making it very clear that in his the way he feels is Tony Mitchell had choices and those choices have consequences and it doesn't matter um what the circumstances are you can always remove yourself from those circumstances well, could think- he have phrased it better clearly in hindsight yeah. yeah but we make it sound like Nate Oates just said this I mean Nate, Nate Oates said it what a month ago yeah but the yeah. thing about Tony Mitchell is it was pretty obvious that he made the wrong place wrong time and wrong decisions I, I mean that goes without saying I mean there's nothing there that you could substantiate what he did, whether it's the speeding, whether it's the marijuana charge, whether it's the concealed gun, eluding police. I mean, it's all out there. Nick doesn't have to say anything. To the, obviously, the guy made wrong decisions. You know, um, when like a stand-up comedian will tell a joke, right. but then he'll get accused of stealing that joke, but then he'll say, oh, you know, maybe I just heard it a long time ago. Yeah. And didn't remember hearing it, and I my mind just generated it as its own thought. Maybe that's what happened to Nick Saban. You think? And again, I wonder when Nate Oates takes the podium, and there'll be press conferences. You know, the deeper in this tournament you get, the more media attending because there's less games to cover. So when he goes to Louisville, and perhaps that's a question we could even pose to Trey Wallace when he comes on from OutKick because Trey's going to be up there in Louisville. Does Nate get asked that question? It's obviously not basketball-related, but you know how this thing is. So uh, the other thing I'm wondering is how much more are is uh, the – I don't even know who it would be. I don't want to say Nate, uh, Greg Byrne, but how much more – is the Alabama Athletic Department, legal department, whatever department, how much more hands-on are they now with everything on the heels of Brandon Miller? Like, so Saban comes out with this absolute wrong place, wrong time, no excuses, you make choices. Did he get more of a talking to or more talking points because the university has just gone through this Brandon Miller thing, then had he had they not, you know, it seems like Nick has always been his own guy and he's handled it much the same yeah, way. I, but has legal gotten involved now and said, "Don't say this, this, and this." I would guess no. I would guess only guess. I, I have no way of knowing, as you don't have a way of knowing. I would think that there's that they wouldn't be talking to Nick Saban about this. Uh, Nick's his own guy up there, and he's been around the block, and I don't. Can you imagine them calling as Nick is preparing to get ready for practice? Hey, Nick, by the way, can we talk to you? We want to go over. No, that's not going to happen. I don't think. I could be wrong. Oh, I think if there's ever an instance where it does happen, it would be something of this nature for sure. Well, you think that. I, I don't think they're calling him, telling him how to handle Tony Mitchell. 
I think he's been through this many times. It's not the first time. It won't be the last time. Yeah, but recency bias. We saw how it blew up in the last head coach's face that made uh, a remark. Um, Maybe that's why Nick Saban said that then, because Nate Oates said that he got criticized harshly for it. So Nick Saban came out. They were probably like, hey, do not say wrong place, wrong time. Do not say that. Or I'm going to make sure I... So he said the other. He said it, but in the completely opposite direction. And there's there's no need to even say that. Just announce that we're we're suspending and that's leave it at that. Well, you know Saban gets up there and he likes to, you know... Ramble? He he like, no, well, no, that's not rambling. Uh, What we do on this show is rambling, but I think he goes up and he makes a point. Even somebody in in the... in the app said he's always talking to his players through the media. I think he's sending he's sending that message. Uh, so what some people are saying may be sending a message to his players. Others are saying he's sending to Nate Oates. Like I just don't think it's something this serious. Like we're keeping score. Like I got you on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trolling you here as I, as one of my guys got arrested for a litany of things. Right. But I'm gonna sit here and troll. I, I just don't think that's happening. We'll see if Nick shows up at the game on uh, Friday. During spring football, I can almost tell you, I can almost guarantee he won't. Uh, In the app, Saban loves to talk to athletes through the press. I think he was trying to make a statement to the rest of the program. And honestly, I would almost bet that Tony Mitchell's camp made the statement wrong place, wrong time. And this was his passive aggressive response. I, I suppose that's as likely as anything else, right? Tony walks in. He's like, coach, coach, man, I was just the wrong place, wrong time. And so this is now Nick at the podium answering or reacting. Real. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Come on. I mean, it's right so obvious. Anybody, right who's, time, I wonder. anybody who's driving Six at that to nine, speed. Monday through Friday. Anybody who's driving <laughs> at that speed at that time uh, when it occurred, obviously it's wrong place at the wrong time. The whole thing is ridiculous. Tony Mitchell's. This is the. I mean, this is the best possible solution to the Tony Mitchell situation, at least in the in the in the in the immediate aftermath, right? You got everybody talking about what Nick Saban said and not about what Tony Mitchell did, or allegedly did. And look, maybe that's the genius of Nick Saban. <laughs> I'm gonna get up here. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna take the heat off your back, and then we're gonna ride. Yeah. Nick doesn't seem like that type of person either. <laughs> I, I may be totally wrong because I don't know him that well. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought that too, but I, I don't know. I just can't see him doing that to take the heat off a player because of some crazy mistake he made like that. So, you know what? And, of course, the case has to play out too. It's got to, you know, the consequences being what they will, what kind of penalty will there be. They got the weapons on the passenger. They, they're not charging uh, Mitchell with the, the weapon. But the thing that didn't come out, last week was of course the 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 high rate of speed and i i can't i don't ever remember a story where he hit the nas man yeah that that he drove so fast the police stopped chasing him (laughs) it's like he's very lucky he's alive 141 that's that's moving now what's the fastest you guys have ever driven 70 and mind you, he's so freaked out that there's a cop waiting for him right yeah, outside. I, I I stay at the speed limit. Yeah, I can't say I've done that. I mean, I've done the speed limit, sure. Uh, what about you, Nick? I've done. You a, seem like the type I've of d- guy I've gotten that's 100. a risk. No, I'm I'm a I'm a pretty slow roller, to be honest with you. Well, then stay out of the fast lane. <laughs> Says the guy that goes the speed no, limit. I'll tell you, sometimes <laughs> I've had to follow Lee somewhere after the show. 
It's you ought to see how he steps on the gas on that Prius down Dauphin. Yeah. People yeah. jumping out the way, it. cars swerving out the That's way. Right. I'm yeah. just following slowly behind. So if you, you believe that I stay at Dodging the speed through limit, the wreckage. I can sell you some land, some swamp land in Florida if you buy into that. Buy into you going the speed limit? Yeah. Okay, so now the same cop that was just listening is very confused. So do you speed or not? Wrong place, wrong time. That's right. To this show, I stay at the speed limit. Yeah. Maybe I change my mind when I leave. Oh, look at that. What's the wrongest place you've ever been at the, <laughs> at the wrongest time? <laughs> What's the, you ever been in the wrong place, wrong time? I'd have to give it some thought. I don't. I, how about you? I, I can't remember. I, I really don't. Wrong I don't, place, wrong, wrong time. time. What does that even mean? Yeah. Can you be in the right place but at the That's wrong what I'm time? Saying. Can you be in the wrong place at the right time? Like, whoo, this worked out well. Yeah, like you know, like you're at a crack house, but nobody's home. That's probably wrong place, right time. Uh, depending on who you ask. What do you or know about crack houses? Or, what do I know about crack houses? I I know. That they have crack there. Okay, so you have experience. See, I have never been to one. Nick, what do you think? Grew up in one for 18 years. <laughs> Great, now we're going to call from dad. <laughs> yeah. You're not Mom, supposed to say dad, that. I'm home. Yeah. So no, what I've is... I've never uh, knowingly stepped inside of a crack house. <laughs> I mean, you never know what they're hiding in the in the back. In the cushions. Any house could be a crack house. It's good with, point. With uh, some extra attention. Seriously. All right. All right. In hour number three, we examine. By the way, can can you be in the wrong place at the right time, or can you be at the right place at the wrong time? Why is it always got to be a double negative with that phrase? Stay with us. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 804, hour number three. Uh, we've gotten into some very... Uh, Animated debates and some very profound debates. We'll continue to do so throughout the course of our final hour here on WNSP. Let's talk some uh, NFL football with our good friend from NFL.com, Eric Edholm. Eric, welcome to the show this morning. Good morning. Good morning to you guys. What's going on? Do you think you'd uh, want to go over and watch Cam Newton throw today at Pro Day at Auburn? Do you think anybody's going to be there to watch him? Yeah, I, di I didn't even know about this. It's exciting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you have no choice if you're going there to watch the uh, – you know, the skill guys and stuff. So I guess it's, uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. But out, out of curiosity, do you think there's any hope? I mean, he claims he's not, you know, he's one of the better 32 quarterbacks, but how many teams need quarterbacks that would, would be willing to take a chance on a guy who didn't even play last year? Yeah, I, I suspect it would probably happen after the draft if it did. Um, you know, again, he could go out there and light it up and, you know, maybe change some minds or something like that. But yeah, I, I think what's probably going to happen is if you look, there's, there really aren't that many, I don't know, guys with starting experience, there really aren't that many options right now, uh, except those that are maybe in the same kind of situation as Cam, 
maybe they've been removed from the league. They didn't play last year. They played only a small portion of the year. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of factors there. So I think if you go into the draft thinking we need another quarterback, that's on our mind. But the draft doesn't quite fall right. And Cam goes out there and performs well. Uh, you know, especially if you have or need, I suppose, a little bit more of an athletic option. Um, you know, that could be the situation. May 1st, after the draft, all of a sudden you say, you know what, we could use one more. Uh, I just don't know how many teams fit into that category right now or how many will be there after uh, – after the draft is over. It's actually a, a pretty smart move by Cam, right? He gets a little social media buzz going. He knows people are going to be there, right? If he does his own personal workout, there's always a chance that no one shows up. But there's a side of me, Eric, that finds it a little cringe that a 33-year-old man's going back to college. <laughs> well, I, it's, it's certainly an interesting approach. You know, I, I don't mind when a guy's a self-promoter, when, when somebody's trying their best to, to extend their career. You know, I don't, I don't see it as sad or pathetic or desperate or any of that stuff. I mean, I think, you know, with, with Cam, he's in a unique situation. He's had an unusual career. You know, he had a, a super high high, really kind of seemed to bottom out in 2020 with the Patriots. Just wasn't meant to be there. He, he was intriguing. I thought, oh, this could work. Maybe I could, I could see it with a power run game. But, you know, there, there are enough guys around. I mean, I would say Vegas is, is an interesting one. I mean, obviously – Jimmy Garoppolo is not, uh, you know, the kind of guy who's made it through a season healthy in a long time. I suspect the Raiders are actually going to draft someone. I think Chase Garbers might be the only quarterback either under contract or who was on the roster at some point. I'm not sure what his status is, but basically that's a kind of a team that, that could make some sense. He worked with Josh McDaniels before. McDaniels and Belichick always had pretty good things to say about him, even during that rough season. You know, that's one that pops out immediately. Even if they draft someone, they could be in the market just knowing that Jimmy's health has been an issue. But, yeah, I don't worry about, you know, the optics of somebody who's, you know, looking like they're kind of throwing a Hail Mary, so to speak, just to, to stay in the league. Because why not, right? Once it's over, it's over. And you, and you might as well give it that last shot, I guess. Eric, get home with his thoughts on the NFL for WNSP's opening kickoff. So let me ask you this. So all kinds of reports. I don't know what to believe about the Rodgers going to the Jets. They're supposedly at an impasse and trying to negotiate a trade. Supposedly the uh, NFL draft is the deadline set. My question is, what if they can't agree on compensation? What happens to Rodgers then? Great question. Then you have to look at the, the Packers and ask them how how long are they willing to kind of drag this out. Um, obviously, we've seen, you know, guys, in fact, who I think signed in uh, early with the Patriots in the pandemic season, you know, Baker Mayfield, who was traded to the Panthers. And after July 4th, I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty unheard of. Um you know, for a start, you know, prospective starting quarterback to be traded that late, only weeks before training camp, a little bit unusual. Would the Jets be willing to, to make a deal after that point? You know, I know everybody says there's a deadline, but, you know, what, what happens if the deadline passes? They could certainly change their mind, right, if they don't have a starting quarterback. And, you know, I, I just think that it's the question of how long are these two teams willing to play check and kind of drag this thing out? Knowing that, yeah, they're in this weird arranged marriage, but they kind of need each other in the end. I think both sides should kind of realize, like, Packers have to see, look, I don't 
think there are too many other teams who are just begging to to jump into this this circus and be a part of it and you know start negotiating and stuff. They haven't, we haven't heard reports of teams realistically making overtures, at least not recently. You know, the Raiders had been mentioned at one point, the Devontae connection there, but. You know, and now on the Jets side, they have to ask themselves, how long can we pretend we're okay at that position if we don't get him? You know, it's it, it feels like it's damned if they do, damned if they don't <laughs> for both sides, obviously. But there's a little bit more hope, obviously, with the Packers, given that Jordan Love's been there for a few years. These started games, and I think they're now fully ready to move on. And that may be the, the, the impetus to get something done. The Packers may end up lowering their demands or willing to take on more salary, for instance, uh, if they feel like it's going to derail the progress of their first-round pick who's, you know, bar- you know, barely sniffed the field to this point. Eric, what are you hearing about another high-profile quarterback who right now is has an offer from the to stay with the Ravens, but any team can go out there and offer him more. And I'm talking about Lamar Jackson. There's one report that maybe the Patriots are a wild card. I don't know where that's coming from. What do you see happening with him? Yeah, the Patriots, from what I understand, uh, well, first of all, they brought in Jackson for a pre-draft visit the year he came out. What was it, 2017? And they had the – they were picking in a position where they could have drafted him. I think they ended up taking Isaiah Wynn and Sony Michelle that year, uh, and the Ravens ended up getting Hayden Hurst uh, and Lamar Jackson. And there were some people thinking, you know, look, this is – we're kind of getting to the point – or 2019, I I don't know if I had the right year there. But point is, like, we were starting to get to the point where – you know, Tom Brady's future in New England wasn't really clear, and, and Jackson was viewed as a fascinating alternative. You know, Brady was figured to stick around a, a couple of years, but almost in a perfect situation, you could groom Lamar on the side. You could give him a package of plays and, you know, maybe take a little bit of the bruds off Brady. I don't know. That was There was all this talk a few years ago about this possibility, given that the Patriots had two first-rounders, and you know, at some point, we're going to have to think about life after Tom. So I, there was always a, a, a faint connection there and a belief that maybe Bill Belichick saw something in Jackson before others did. Well, they didn't take him, maybe because they felt like they got two immediate co- contributors on offense that year. But I don't think it's realistic. I think it's, I think there's a part of, of Belichick that would love to stick it to the Ravens because they've always had this rivalry. But that means... Now you've got Bill O'Brien, whom you brought in theoretically to repair Mac Jones, to get him back to the rookie form that he showed, which was pretty darn good. You know, you would argue that you know he played as well or better than any of those other first-round picks as rookies. But, you know, last year was a different story, the Matt Patricia thing. How much damage did they do to that, and is he salvageable? If they feel like the answer's not at all, well, then you'd be crazy not to think about the move. I mean, they have cleared some cap space. They theoretically could get something done. I think waiting until the last minute would be the ultimate, you know, like until the final day you can make an offer. They submit something and really put the the screws to the Ravens. But the likelihood of that happening, I don't know. I just don't feel it. It's, it's a fascinating 4D chess kind of move that, you know, I love entertaining the idea, but I also real, realize that, Realistically, I think they're good. Stay in the course with Mac. 
I think they're going to try to figure out what they have, and then this is just a crucial year for Jones as they decide whether he could be the quarterback of the future. But I guess you can't dismiss it. It would be a really, really interesting possibility. But I think it's mostly media speculation on that on that front. Roger Goodell expected to finalize a new multi-year contract extension. The uh, I guess the league meets on this next week. I wanted to ask you: Is is he? I know how the public feels about him, but how about the owners? I mean, is he on safe ground? Do they want him to stick around for another contract extension? Or is he at that age where other commissioners have retired that maybe they're looking around for maybe somebody who would come in maybe a little bit younger and and stick around for a while? What do you know about Goodell's status? Yeah, I I think he's got... Uh, another deal in him, if I had to guess, you know, and there's, you know, he obviously looks to be in great shape. And then, uh, you know, anytime I've ever seen him in a hotel, I feel like it's on a treadmill or something like that. So, you know, credit to him for keeping it up. And obviously the salary would keep you going too, right? I mean, who, who would want to retire making that kind of money? Uh, so you got to do, you know, what the owners want, make sure that this league is, is, you know, keeping the trains on time and everything. So, I, I suspect he's got some time left. They're absolutely thinking about who his successor might be. Not only Roger, you know, you would think it would be somebody hand-picked. I mean, he's been in this role for, for quite a long time now. Um, established his own legacy, weathered the storm of, you know, the Ray Rice stuff and, you know, the domestic violence uh, season that really seemed to plague the league. You know, the concussion stuff that they settled on, everything else. Every other challenge has come their way. You know, the NFL has bested it or outlasted it or, or overwhelmed it in some cases. The Brady stuff was was ugly for a while, but nobody talks about that anymore. So I think the league has got to be happy with, with the job that Roger has done. You know, it's, uh, it's the, the Teflon guy, and he's, he's carrying out the – the course of the league and making sure that the owners are making their their profits and making sure the game is popular and i don't know it's hard to complain man i, I get that people are gonna always find reasons to be upset with you know the, the the league commissioners the the highly paid and powerful people are always going to be targets as they should be that's what they get paid for they get paid to handle the criticism and roger is the ultimate shield for the shield and he's very good at it he handles it just like his dad, a career politician, did. So, you know, that, those are the kind of people who understand what their role is and know how to, you know, make this whole operation work while also taking some of the brunt of the criticism. So I suspect it ends up going on. But, yeah, key, it's key to finding his successor and figure it out, you know, who's going to shepherd this league after he's gone because it is a, obviously a crucial role for, you know, a massive business. Got to ask you, Jamal Williams, 17 touchdowns for the Lions last season. That set, that set their, uh, I guess, their team record. How do they let him get away? Is there something that we don't know? The Saints signed him. I'm glad they did. But, I mean, how do you yeah. let a guy go that scored 17 touchdowns for you? He was great in the goal line. First of all, he was also great in the locker room. As you guys will, you know, on Saints fans, people locally who follow the team, you're going to love this guy. Uh, a couple years ago, coming out, I... I'd gotten his phone number. We we chatted before the draft when he was coming out, and um, when he landed uh, in Green Bay initially, 
local Packers host said, hey, do you have any contacts for these rookies? I said, I'm going to give you one phone number. You're going to have them on once, and you're going to realize he's going to be your greatest guest that year. And that was Jamal Williams. He's got an unbelievable personality, energy, wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, and, yeah, he filled a big role for Detroit. He was great in goal line, short yardage situations. I think – Despite all those positives, the Lions felt like there was a pretty hard cap on his number. Like, there, there's a number that they felt comfortable at, a dollar north of it, they were going to let him walk. And I think that's really what happened. They viewed David Montgomery from Chicago, who they faced twice a year the last couple of years, as an upgrade, as a little bit more dynamic player, a little more juice, a little younger, fewer carries on his body. You know, a little more receiving potential out there. I mean, again, Jamal has filled an important role from whatever team he's been on. Special teams early in his career, you know, uh, playing uh, pass protection, taking the, the tough carries inside when needed. I mean, all those things, he's done it. But I think Detroit felt like we hate losing this guy, but we, we feel like there's a chance to add a layer to our offense. So as long as Jamal is used properly – in the way that he was used by Detroit last year, Saints got a good player. I mean, I think they're going to love this signing. I think Detroit is going to be fine with what they, you know, they made their bed, but I think they got a good player in Montgomery as well. Man. Look at them Jaguars, look at them Jaguars, love the way they play that game. Look at them Jaguars, scoring them home runs, the sunrise gonna be their fame. All right, nothing gets the pulse pumping quite like that little jingle. What do you got for us, Lee Shervanian? First of all, I want to mention that the Jags trying to snap a six-game losing streak. They're playing Auburn tonight at the Riverwalk in Montgomery. Okay. So it's a one-game series, Auburn and South Alabama. Now, Louisiana is coming to town. It's one of the best baseball rivalries here in Mobile. I'm going to give away four tickets, and this is the deal. It's your choice. You can either give them Friday, the four, or Saturday, or Sunday. So when you if you get the right answer, tell Nick which day you want, either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. These are choices, all right? You get to make choices today. <laughs> Four South Alabama Jags and the great history of Jag baseball have been voted Major League Baseball All-Stars a total of eight times when you combine the four. But one player has been named five times. Who is that player in the history of the Jags? What former South Alabama player was voted a Major League All-Star five times in his career. This is for four tickets for either, not for all three, but for either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, were you taking a, a a shot at Saban there? No, not at all. I wasn't even thinking about him. No, I'm on strictly on baseball now. Oh, so you're on the so that's the Nick Saban defense right there. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm See how that works, about people. That. I'm not even thinking about Nick Saban. There you go. He's and not, he doesn't pre. He, he doesn't did to Nick Saban what Nick Saban just did to Nate Oates. How about that? Boy, does that to be grouped in that group? That's pretty good stuff to be grouped with yeah. both of them. All right. So can you be in the right place at the wrong time, or better yet, the wrong place at the right time? We came up with some, or at least uh, Nick and I were talking. You could be at the wrong place, say an underage drinking party, but you could have left before it got busted. Therefore, wrong place, right time. 
See, you guys have more experience with stuff like that. I that that never that was never my uh, I never had that happen. So, but you guys, you know, you've been around a lot more. You're more socially inclined to go out and whoop it up. So, I could understand. What if that. you go to the as Nick pointed out, he's on the phone right now. Yeah, you go to the doctor for a doctor's appointment, but you show up at the wrong time, right place, wrong time. <laughs> Why would you do that? Just a mistake. Okay, like wrong day or just get there later? Both, either. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. It wouldn't matter anyway because usually you have to wait about 30 to 40 minutes anyway when you get there. So what difference does it make? So Have you but, ever gone to the doctor's office and not waited? Uh, no. Okay, thank you. Have you? No. You've always waited. You know, one time I went I, I, this I didn't I, think you'd go down this path, Ravanian, but okay. I once, I once waited 90 minutes. 90. At, at a doctor's uh, office waiting to get. And no, there was a big apology afterwards. Huge apology. But Anybody we know? No, because I don't even remember the doctor's name. Okay. This was right uh, place, many, many years wrong ago. Time. See, there you go. You got a winner over there? Yeah, Marty is our winner. Nice job, Marty. All right. Marty also. Wait a minute. Doing Wait. a little comment. He said, you what? know, Nick. You really make this whole morning show. Oh, really? I said, wow, thanks, man. Do you want to say that on air? Well, didn't, didn't we uh, win last year Lanyap and you weren't part of it? Wait, what happened? Which day does he want? Just give me the details. Which day so I give you the tickets? Which day? Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? You want me to tell you now? Yeah, tell me now. <laughs> I don't know. What if Marty's got some people that are looking for him and they, they, they find out what day he's going to the game? So he could be at the right place at the wrong time. Exactly. Oh. And no, conversation. If, if you guys want to go see uh, Marty at the game, he'll be going on Sunday. Ooh, cat's out the bag now. Sunday, huh? Okay. Sunday Sorry, tickets. witness uh, protection. <laughs> <laughs> but is his name really Marty? Right. Right place, right time, wrong name. It's probably short for something, right? Yeah. Martholomew. Or Martha, maybe. Martha. <laughs> Trey Wallace is next. Keep getting jobs. Don't worry about it. I'm going to say I can't wait to say oh, I love it. it. 8.32. Can you explain that one to me? Nick will right there. Look. Come on, oh, guys. That was the, Cam uh, Newton's announcement video that he's going to be throwing at the Auburn Pro Day. I mean, that... It was cringe. It was cringe. It was definitely cringe. Very corny. Yeah. I, w I wasn't a huge fan of that. But whatever. I'm glad you played it because it, you know, it's it's a talking point for sure, Nick. So thank you. You're welcome. You're so good. Where would You're we so be good without, at your job. Where would we be without him? We would be rudderless. We'd be right. at the right place, wrong time. No, he'd be in the right. He'd be in the wrong place at the. That's too confusing. Right place, wrong time. You'd be well if you weren't here. You'd be at the wrong place and the wrong time. Well, you might. You could be at the right time. No, it'd be the wrong time. I'm glad we straightened that out. Do <laughs> we, we get some normalcy back? Yes. Wallace, Let's get back on the us. track. The track's so yeah. much fun. Trey Wallace, a former WNSP person who has gone on to. Well, do very well for him without kick covering these NCAA basketball tournaments. Trey, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? 
Good morning, gentlemen. I'm glad Mark got that one back on track. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we deal with every, every day. He's, he, he drives the train, either on or off the track. Trey, you covered Kentucky. What are they saying in Lexington now after Kentucky once again failed to to get to the Sweet 16 or even to the, the, the Final Four? Are they pretty upset with him, Calipari? Yeah, I think that, you know, it was almost a whole season of buildup of frustration with Kentucky. You know, some games they're good, some games they're not. Um, you know, everything can't run through Oscar Sheebway, Calipari with some of his comments. It was just... It was just building up, and for them not to get past the, the you know, first weekend again, I mean, this Kentucky basketball program is um, – there's, there's a lot of people upset, and I'm not just talking about fans. I'm talking about administrators that, you know, you put in all this type of money towards basketball, and, and, and look, one, one championship with all that talent that California's had during his time in Lexington, it just – you know, it's not the best situation in the world. And, you know, when you got 11,000 probably big Blue Nation fans that are traveling over to Greensboro and, you know, they, they dip out and, you know, look, it, it's crazy to to think Kentucky hasn't gotten that far uh, in the tournament in recent years. Um, and, and I think, look, and they, and they came out and they went on a 13-2 to run to start the, the second half. I'm like, okay. All right, Kentucky is probably going to win this basketball game, and uh, turns out no, they they couldn't stop. Deontay Johnson and just went back and forth, and now you've got fans that are very agitated. You know, let's not forget, like a month and a half ago, you know, there were fans holding up signs inside Rupp Arena for Calipari to take the darn Texas job. So it 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 just it's been rough, and 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 I don't know where they go from here. Like I think you know, if Calipari is going to return, but Man, they got to start producing results in March, and, and I just don't know how much longer Calipari is going to hang around and deal with it. You know, Trey, and also Kentucky, the state, being a basketball state, look what happened with Louisville this year, an unbelievably bad year. Kentucky goes out in the uh, first weekend. There's not much to uh, to sit back and rave about in basketball terms. No, there's not. No, there's not. And it's just, you know, it, it's one of the things where you, Kentucky carries the state, you know, and, and you got Louisville that, you know, couldn't buy a win this year. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, it's, been, it's been very weird in, in, in Calipari's comments and in the way that, um, you know, he just kind of shrugs it off kind of after the game. I mean, that, that definitely gets underneath the skin of Kentucky fans. And, uh, look, when you waste that much talent, you know, with you know, Toppin, you know, and you got Oscar. It, 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 Wheeler was was hurt, and you can't, you know, you can't put it on Wheeler. But I'm just saying, you know, that team and the, and the players that they have produced to go to the NBA, I, for them not to have more titles or even more SEC titles uh, in the last five, six years, it's pretty mind-blowing, gentlemen. All right, Trey, one of the topics we – well, the, really the only topic we've been discussing today is uh, Nick Saban's comments – uh, that he made yesterday after the first day of uh, spring practice opened, uh, his comments about Tony Mitchell and uh, the comments he made about uh, you can't be the whole wrong place, wrong time comment. A lot of people thinking it was a, a, a directed at Nate Oates and the basketball program. As an outside perspective, how did you, how did you view, how did you take in that comment? I, I took it as Nick Saban being Nick Saban. Um, but 
you can't tell me that he hasn't heard of what's been going on and the comments that were made by Nate Nate Oates. And it, it's one of those things where, like, you want to believe that it's a coincidence that he said this. Like, you really do. Like, deep down inside. Like, you, you, you want to believe he's not taking a shot at the Alabama basketball program. But I will say this. The Alabama basketball public relations department, you can put it on the whole Alabama. I have. I put it on the whole Alabama public relations department. They have done a horrible job uh, with this tragic situation over the last two and a half months. And, and maybe Nick Saban was just, he had had enough. And I had to say, that, look, he found the perfect way. And here's another thing, too. Like, he wasn't asked the question. He started off his press conference, you know, talking about, you know, players that would miss time, players dealing with injuries. And then all of a sudden, you know, he gets to Tony Mitchell and, 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 and Nick Saban for him. You know, the kid's going to be suspended. He was driving 141 miles per hour. He's got a, a bunch of marijuana in the car. But he throws out there in that wrong place, wrong time. And, and I'm like, okay, all right, this is, uh, this is intriguing. I, I, I think – Knowing him and, and, and the way that he runs that program, and I'm not just talking about the football program either, uh, I could I could see that being like a little subtle jab at, at Maydoes. But it couldn't come at the worst time as Alabama prepares to, to head to Louisville uh, tomorrow uh, for a Sweet 16. So, I don't know. I mean, what did you guys think? Because I, I kind of thought – I, I kind of was back and forth. It, it took me – you know, I had to listen to it a couple times. Well, you know, to, to, to really try to get I it said in. the same thing, though, Trey, that it couldn't come at a worse time because as it, Alabama advances, you know the groundswell of media advances. There's less games to cover, so more and more media coming. I'm curious if somebody, and may, you, you would know better than me, uh, Trey Wallace without kick, I'm curious if somebody will bring that up with him. What do you think about Nick Saban's comment? I think that when I get to Louisville, tomorrow and then they're going to have press conferences on thursday i can promise you that that question is going to be brought up so and and they know to try to laugh it off and it'll be a weird situation in the press conference room but i i, I wrote an article i mean you cut you off more, but i wrote an article that's coming out today you know a lot of a lot of Alabama fans get really agitated with all these reporters and whatnot asking questions, but you have to realize, too, a lot of these reporters, these are like the first time that they've been able to be around the Alabama basketball program and ask these questions. So I, I expect, you know, some more uh, this round in Louisville, and I definitely expect them to ask them about the comments by Nick Saban. So here's, here's the only issue I have with it being a shot at Oats, it's like right. The, the 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 problem is it's such a serious topic, right? We're talking about a guy that was doing yes. a buck forty, drugs, gun, right? And then the whole NATO. There was a death in the whole basketball story narrative. Like it just doesn't. It would seem out of character for Nick Saban the first day of spring, regardless of the circumstance, to take a shot at a guy that he obviously respects. He goes to basketball games, so. But then yeah. add on to that the seriousness is the seriousness of what they are talking about. It just seems like it would be out of character. If it were 
offseason they were talking about pickup basketball or their golf games. It seems like it would make more sense. The other scenario that we were kind of playing back that maybe makes more sense, Trey, to your point about the Alabama PR being a nightmare, they may have gone to him and say, all right, do not say anything about him being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And Saban took it too far and said, not only was he not in the wrong, there is no such thing as wrong place, wrong time. You know what I mean? And then, and then that was right. the message that he was trying to send to Tony Mitchell that maybe got lost by the media because of everything Nate Oates said. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I've heard this before from Nick Saban. Like, this is not anything new. Um, there have been times in the past. But I will say that, like, I imagine Tony Mitchell's excuse was that he was in the car and he wasn't somewhere he should have been and, you know, coach, I'm sorry. It was just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. You know, and Nick Saban's like, okay, well, that's not going to work. You know, he, he kind of, you know, puts it out there. Maybe when Tony Mitchell is kind of telling him and saying, well, that excuse doesn't fly with me. Yeah. Like, I, I you know, I could definitely see that. But there, but there is one thing that I think we can all agree on that Alabama's communications department, in, in my opinion, has done such a rough job with this tragic situation involving, you know, the basketball program, um, I, I could see, you know, Nick Saban behind the scenes being very agitated and voicing his displeasure. Um, and then that happened yesterday, and maybe he didn't mean for that to come out the way that it did, in a sense. Or, or, or we are, here's the big thing, we just got to separate football from basketball. You know, this is Nick Saban opening up his, his football spring practice and basketball's doing their thing, and, you know, maybe they don't, you know, they're not hanging out, you know, and talking about things. I don't think Nick Saban was over in Birmingham this past weekend, you know, watching the NCAA tournament go on. So, you know, in, in my opinion, it was Nick Saban just being Saban uh, and not really taking the shot at Nate Oates, but... Would it surprise me that he was trying to send a message to the public relations department? Uh, it, it, trust me, that that was thought of a lot last night. Trey Wallace outkicked the coverage. He's on right now with us. Trey, we talked about Kentucky. What's the feeling now about Tennessee and their program after knocking off Duke? <laughs> wow, can't believe this has happened. Uh, I mean, you know, they have. I mean, with that. They don't have their, 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 their starting point guard in Zakai Ziegler. And the fact that you could go down to, to Orlando uh, and beat a, Louisiana, beat a Louisiana team pre-handedly that I've watched a couple times this year just because being in conference with South Alabama, um, and then turn right back around and you, and you handle Duke. You out-physical them. I mean, you, you, you're throwing elbows in the paint and you're setting the tone right from the start of the game. and. Now you got a basketball team. But Tennessee's always been good defensively. Like Tennessee ranks in the top three in the country defensively. Uh, it's all about with this basketball team. Sometimes they go on scoring droughts that are three to four minutes long that gets them beat. And you didn't really see that again to do. So this is a, you know, and, and also you can't really ask for a better situation right now in New York City. I mean, you're going to play FAU, which, you know, given FAU shoots the ball extremely well, but their defense is not all um, something to write home about. And then, you know, you're going to be Kansas State or Michigan State, you know, for a trip to the Final Four. So, hey, you know, everybody was talking about Rick Barnes couldn't win the big game. I think he kind of shut that up when he goes and beats Duke. Now, can he get it? 
segment of the day. Uh, it's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee, thanks for hanging with us here on the uh, Sports Station. Before we get to the hot tub story, just want to remind everybody this segment brought to you by Dixie Supply, your metal roofing headquarters in the greater Mobile area. All right, so we know that Lee loves him a good hot tub. All right, things went south uh, the other day in uh, Colorado. You're not going to be in Colorado anytime soon, huh? No. Okay. Uh, a man and his wife were in a uh, in-ground hot tub in a wooded subdivision over there uh, Saturday night. Something grabbed his head. Apparently, it was nighttime, so they were in the hot tub doing whatever married couples do in hot tubs on Saturday night in Colorado. According to reports, he felt something grab his head. <clears throat> he screamed. This was above the water or under the water? No, he screamed above water. Okay. A mountain lion took a swipe at him. Lee looks very uncomfortable right now. So the couple started splashing water, and the uh, wife had a flashlight and flashed it in his face. It retreated to the top of a hill. Nice. But then continued to watch the couple. So the man and wife were able to get indoors. They cleaned his wounds with they uh, and called the property owner because it was a rental property they were staying at. Speaking of uh, coincidence, the property owner just happened to work for the Colorado Parks and Wildlife, which I thought was really convenient to the story. Uh, they called the wounds superficial to the top of his head near the ear, but declined medical treatment. So I've got questions. One, hot tubs can be loud, which would indicate why maybe they didn't hear the mountain lion approaching. But how dark was it? Or what was going on that, like, they didn't see the mountain lion get close enough to take a swipe? Especially the wife. If the mountain lion was coming up from behind on the guy. Sure. Unless they both had their backs to it. And you said she had a flashlight, so obviously it was pretty dark out if they took a flashlight. I mean, is it possible that maybe she didn't see the the mountain lion because she was turned the the opposite way? Very possible. I mean, I, yeah, there's. <laughs> I mean, there's no way they could have seen it, right? Or they would have done all these actions a lot sooner than after he would have got scratched on the top of the. Yeah, and how do you head. prepare for a peeping lion? And then mountain lion had the audacity to go up to the top of the mountain and just stare at him like. I'm still here. What you going to do about it? You know. Let me just say the guy is very lucky. Well, it sounds like that's the way his night was going before the mountain lion showed up. Very lucky that he's able to clean so up gonna, his wounds and not... I, did, I, did he go to the hospital or anything? No, he like declined that? medical like treatment. Really? Well, then yeah. he's very, very lucky. Well, let's call that a right place, wrong time. <laughs> I think that's what that uh, what category that falls under. I, I think that would be a uh, so be careful next time you go to hot, a hot tub, tub? especially when at night. When you're uh, out at the hot tub. Any any cougars coming to try and uh, claw up on on your head, man? I don't think I've ever been in a hot tub at night, so I wouldn't worry about that. Never been night hot tubbing. Never. Uh, Just daytime. Okay. Got to watch out for them bobcats. No, I think you said specifically cougars. Those come out during the day, too, I think, though. Yeah. You're like a magnet for them, Lee. I could just see it. 
What do we got going on tomorrow, Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Wednesday, Chris Stewart getting ready to go to Louisville with mm-hmm. the Alabama basketball team. He'll join us. Uh, Richie Riley, open to anything and everything. Talking about uh, the NCAA tournament and then any other subject that you want to throw at him. And as I said tonight, uh, we've got the uh, World Baseball Classic Championship, uh, USA and Japan. We'll see how Dan Jennings feels about that. And how those uh, guys covering Japanese play by play, how they react to tonight's game when we take them down. So, USA. Are we, we going to have the USA version or the Japanese version tomorrow? I think we're going Japanese version. Japanese. I think we're going Japanese, especially when we win. Especially when now we we'll win. And we'll also follow up, not so much on audio, but we'll tell you how the Cam Newton Pro Day went and also the uh, Jags baseball game against Auburn. Okay. So it sounds like we got a lot going on. I like it. We never have a quiet day, do we? We always have stuff coming out. Uh, we always, uh, there are, there's always a couple of newsworthy topics that we kind of roll over into other Type I'm going to say this, as long as Nick Saban is up in Tuscaloosa, that's always a magnet for news. Indeed it is. Even when he's... He doesn't, maybe he doesn't do it on purpose, but there's always something there. You had some reaction there, Nick? or Just a caller calling in saying that he... Really likes what you do and add to the show? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll, I'll let those be the comments. Okay. Did he have a problem with the Cougars? I mean, the Bobcats or whatever no, it was? No, he actually said that he appreciates the back-to-back final segments of going from Larsa Pippen yesterday to now the Cougars and the hot tub. We need to bring these up sooner so that they could be storylines throughout our show is the problem. You think the 6 o'clock crowd would, would want to hear it? Larsa Pippen and, and, and Cougars in the hot tub? Yeah, I'd say so. I don't know. I don't know if that's maybe more of an 850 crowd. It might. It might be. But stories like that might be one and the same. Larsa Pippen and Cougars in the Hot Tub. So you're saying <laughs> wrong segment, right time. Uh, I don't think there is a wrong segment. I think it's a right time, right place, right time, 6 to 9 a.m. I, th- I don't think what people at different times, I think they all want the same thing. They want entertain entertaining content. If it's sports related, that's a bonus. Am what do I you wrong? think about that? What do you uh, think, Lee? Lee? Would people rather sports content or be entertained? If you could have one or the other, probably both. Let me rephrase: If you could have one or the other, would it be? I don't know if you can just say one or the other. Some people consider sports entertainment, and people uh, would listen to this show you because must have they want to pick up diagram. on sports. Why are you interrupting? If you ask me. Because you're not answering the question. I'm you you must have question. been terrible at true and false questions. But great at Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, listen to this now. Now we have people telling me how I did back in school on true and false. Sports is, is entertainment. True or false? Sports is uh, entertainment. True so or I false? Think there's a combination of both. True or false? You were good at true or false test. I would say. <laughs> you can't true. just answer. <laughs> oh, there it is. True. true. I would say true. <laughs> Very true. Done. All right, we're out of here for another so edition. Go, go back and check my uh, records, see how no, I did I, I back can't. in college and high school. Thank you, Mr.